Welcome back, Padawans, to episode 27 of the JMR Podcast. I'm your host, Jelani, a.k.a. Jedi Master Ren, and I'm going to take y'all on a trip to a galaxy far, far away. On tonight's journey, it's a showcase roundup. We've got Disney Marvel Games Showcase, the Ubisoft Forward that happened yesterday, and the Assassin's Creed Showcase that they tacked on in the back end. Some Falcon sweeping for you. If you like what I'm doing here, talking to myself about games every week, I know I've been on hiatus these last two weeks, but I'm glad to finally be back talking to you guys about games. But use the force and rate the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to help it reach more Padawans. You can follow the show on Twitter at the JMR Podcast to get updates on schedule changes or when a new episode has been posted. There are also links for you to send in hologram audio messages to be featured on the show as well. Um, I do want to let you guys know as well, this week on uh, the Jedi Watch, the podcast within a podcast, within this current podcast, um, we, my co-host Sierra and I will be giving our impressions on episode four of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, as well as go over the announcements of uh, the Marvel and Star Wars shows and movies that will be coming to Disney Plus over the next couple of years. So very uh, excited for that and to get into that. So tune in for that one when that gets posted later in the week. I'm hoping to get that one done here probably by Tuesday for you guys. Um, but longtime listeners already know this about me, but I am a Zox ambassador, which means I want to spread the love of this brand I call Zox to you guys. Well, that is called Zox to you guys. And Zox basically is just a company that makes really, really cool bracelets that are very unique and they um, have different rarities to them. So I actually did find um, their rarity guide on their app. I won't get into it right now, but um, they there is a way for you to see kind of exactly how rare your specific bra uh, bracelet is. And, um, but I found them a few years ago, and it's something that I'm very passionate about, so I decided to become an ambassador, which means I can physically spread that love of Zox to you guys by getting you a 10% off your first order. So all you need to do is use the code Jelani40328, that is J-E-L-A-N-I 40328, at checkout, and you'll get 10% off first order. And again, these straps are anywhere between like eight to 10 bucks. So you're not even spending that much anyway. Knock off a little bit more for you. You're really not spending that much at that point. I absolutely love these. And I mean, I'm wearing one right now. So my Zox of the week and what it has been for the foreseeable or for a little bit here, it is a Zox Imperial strap uh, called Swagger Jacker. Now, Swagger Jacker is one of their um, original designs that they actually made when they first were starting off. And uh, but they decided to adapt it to one of their newer uh bracelet styles which is the imperial and this is basically a thin strap it's a uh, that has clasps at the end so it is a little harder than um like thicker than regular elastic so there's not much give when it's on your wrist so you really got to find one that's true to form for your wrist you know so that it fits on there but i absolutely love the form factor of it i love the clasp and you know anytime that they have something like a different kind of product i always got to jump on and see how it is and see if i like it i usually Try to go back and forth. Sometimes I wear this one for a little bit. Then I switch back to, you know, the standard socks. But I, I digress. Sometimes, you know, I, I go here and there. Now, let's jump to hyperspace. All right, guys. So now that we are safely in light speed, I would like to first touch 
on my Jedi trainings over the last couple of weeks. So I did tell you guys that I want to give you my impressions video for um, Saints Row, and I do want to do that, but there is a lot to go over with these showcases, so I'm going to have to push that back a little bit. But that is coming, so do stay tuned for that for my impressions on Saints Row. But I do want to kind of touch on some games that I've more recently started playing. Um, so these both dropped on Game Pass about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, and I'm talking about Tinykin and Midnight Fight Express. So, I saw both of these, and I'm like, okay, yeah, there is something here with Tinykin. So, the first one that caught my eye, and I, it's the art style. That's really what it is, and the direction that they decided to go with it. So, we're in a, you're a 2D uh, character, and you're dealing with 2D NPCs, and everybody that's populating this world is 2D, but you're in a 3D landscape. So, you're platforming on 3D objects, and you're, it's, Unbelievable. The fact that they're, they're, they've blended both of them so seamlessly together and it feels, it still feels natural. It doesn't feel like there's something wrong, you know, when you're looking at it. And um, I showed a buddy um, at work and he was like, oh, this reminds me of Gumball. I'm like, oh my God. Yes. Yes. It is exactly Gumball. And honestly, I feel like these, the, um, the developers may have, uh, you know, taken cues from Gumball. Maybe that was some inspiration for them. But you know, it starts off and, you know, again, that was what gravitated me towards it first. I was like, I got to pick this up just to see if it actually plays like it looks right here. So getting into it, the opening cinematic starts and it goes, hey, I am from this planet. You know, this alien planet is what he, you know, he says a, a name that I don't remember. And it's definitely not Earth. But he's like, yeah, we're the last of the humans living on this planet. And um, we've actually found out that humans are not don't originate from here. They originate from a weird planet that um, uh, called Earth. And they are sending me to uh, go and explore to find out the origins of or, you know, how we came to be and how uh, how we you know ended up here on this planet. So he goes back and then his name is um, Milladane, I think it is. It's something weird. I've only heard the the NPCs say it, or you know, only read it. But um, he then goes back and he's just like, he's gets down to Earth and come to find out, you get stuck in a house, but you're tiny. And I understand the game's called Tiny Kid. There is a there. You you have these little uh, beings that follow you around. They are called the Tiny Kid. And they can do different things um, throughout the game world. But you yourself are as small as an insect. And it's very off-putting because you're said to be a human. And that's like the whole point of why you came back here is because you are human. And you know that you're human. So how and why are you so tiny and so small? And why can you converse with insects? And then they're all talking about Ardwin, the giant who lives in the house, obviously. And I'm just like, okay, so that's a real human. What? Where are we at? What is going on? So I'm very intrigued with the story. But then the game is just so much fun. It's a, it's very much collectathon. Very, very much a collectathon. So you're just going through. You have a, a, a room that you uh, can platform all around, and you're trying to get everything that you need to. There are certain objectives that you obviously need to uh, finish to progress the story, but 
After that, there is a lot of stuff and a lot of corners and a lot of nook and crannies that you can get into where you're going to find things that if you didn't go down there, you're not going to and you could miss. So very exciting and um, really, I, I really, really enjoy this game and I was really enjoying my time with it. I actually played it a little bit today as well. And, um, you know, so the premise of it is well, the, how you have to um, progress the story is by finding these different, I guess, these different parts that are around... Um, the house and you're trying to make this device that Ardwin apparently was supposedly trying to make all this time but he never got around to it and the guy that you're with rid me that's funny that I, he's the name that I remember but uh rid me he is I don't even know what he is realistically but he is trying to you know make this thing and make this device so that number one he can try to help you get home but it also help them and everybody who's living in this house so I'm very intrigued with the story at least of where are the humans? Am I a human? How do we find these these answers? How where, where do I, when do I get my answers? That's really where I'm at because I'm I was already intrigued by the beginning that you're on this um, other planet going back to Earth to find out what's going on with humans, but then to get down to Earth, no pun intended, and you are a this tiny literal literally as small as an insect and having communications with insects. Very weird, very off-putting. I am here to the end to see what happens next because I don't know. I have no idea where this story is going. So very much enjoying this, enjoying my time with that one. But the next game, Midnight Fight Express. So it's a top-down um, fighter. And it honestly, uh, Barrett Courtney on Kind of Funny said it pretty good. He said that it feels like um, Arkham's Combat. And honestly, him saying that is what made me like, oh, I perked up. It's like, oh, really? Okay, let me let me actually go check this out. Go back and check it out. I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? I did kind of look at that um, when I was trying to see what was coming out next. So it's like, I, I think I'm going to download this. So I download it, get into it. Oh boy, this game is, uh, this game is uh, gruesome. It's not like super bad, but it's like, it's, it's, it, it's getting there. You know what I'm saying? And it's not that I'm here for it. I'm here for it. It's just one game that I definitely cannot play with my kiddo up. You know what I'm saying? Like I got into it and I thought it was just going to be, you know, you're just going to be fighting guys and no, like you're stabbing dudes. You're cutting up dudes. You are shooting dudes. It's a lot like, and then you're like bashing dudes heads into the ground. It's you're doing a lot of stuff here. And I was like, Ooh, Ah, yeah, you know what? We're gonna have to. We're gonna turn this off. That's actually when I started playing Tinykin. When I realized that this is not something I should be playing around my daughter, and it's like Tinykin seems like it's the perfect game to play around her, and it definitely is a collectathon where I can easily just put it down in if need be and keep on trucking with my day. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I but back to Midnight Fight Express. The combat is so fluid. It's just it's amazing and the things that you can tie together pretty much anything that um that you can pick up can be thrown it can be used as a weapon some things can only be thrown but everything that can be used as a weapon can be thrown so like uh your bat you can throw your bat at an enemy you can throw a knife at an enemy you can throw uh, a gun at an, at an enemy once you're done uh shooting the gun once you pick up a gun it has the ammo that it has once you run out of that ammo then you can just use the pistol as a melee weapon in and of, in and of itself so they let you play around with a lot of the different things. And it starts you off with um, your main character is sat in front of, you're in a police station, sat in front of two police officers. And they're questioning you. They're like, you're the reason that the city's going to shit right now. And we know it's your fault. And you're going to tell us what the heck happened and why. And you start to tell the story of what happened. Basically, you get woken up by some drone. And 
it's basically telling you like, look, you're a sleeper agent uh, and you guys are waiting for somebody, uh, a drone like myself to come and wake you up. And but hey, listen, everything's going to shit outside and you need to help me stop all of these gangs that are trying to take over so that we can save the city of tomorrow or else every it's going to fall and everybody is going basically the the city's going to go under and everybody's going to die basically so you're trying to save the city and that's the whole point you're saving the city by killing all of the gang members that are trying to take over it and it does get very intense it does and there are parts that i'm just like wow there's a part that i got through i had to take a uh, the 30 second clip of it and i showed uh, a buddy at work and i was like dude this is the combat that you can do in this game. It is wild. I literally, I was, a uh, group of guys came at me. I picked up my weapons. I'm knocking the, the easy enemies out, but then a hard enemy comes at me. And I immediately, I'm like, I'm punching him. And then I run away. I run around. I grab a chair and I just throw a chair and just launch a chair across the room at him. And then didn't take his health down all the way. So then I launch another chair at him. He's all the, he's almost done. I run over there and my dude just, he grabs him takes his head and just smashes him on on his uh on his knee done he's out and i'm just like yeah that was tight that was real real tight i like that so i am having a very very good time with midnight fight express so much so that i actually broke out my um my razor kishi and i decided let me see how it feels at playing this on um like on my handheld um you know through the cloud and i get in loaded everything up it loads up fine no issues i i get in load my actual game up that loads in fine just as fast as it does on the console and then i'm sitting there and the controls won't work i'm like huh that's weird why won't the controls work moving everything around like all right whatever must have been a, it, it must be a glitch for um you know for this game for cloud streaming so i then go to escape academy which i've been getting into a little bit too but we're not going to touch on that one but um because uh, i've been kind of playing it here and there i'm trying to get my wife to play that one with me sierra so um i really want uh, or you know i'm i thought that it was just a glitch in the icloud streaming that was until i got to the i, I went back to try to play it on my console and unfortunately the problem is persisting on console when i tried it today I booted it in, and the same exact thing happens. I can uh, press, you know, the B button to skip the dialogue, and after that, the entire game is unresponsive. I can't pause. I can't move. I can literally, I, I can't do a single thing in the game after it loads in, and I get past the first opening um, dialogue part where the Joe's talking to me. So I have no idea what the issue is. The next step that I have to do is, um, I've you know, I've already turned the console all the way off, turned it all the way back on. Uh, quit out of the 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 game and then gone back into it. The next step is completely deleting it off and re-downloading it. Maybe that'll work. I don't know, but that's gonna be the next step, and I'm gonna see if that'll work. If it doesn't, I'm gonna have to put this one on the back burner because I literally cannot play it anymore. It sucks because I really, really was enjoying my time with it. it did not give me any issues at all up until this point, up until me trying it for the first time on cloud streaming. That's when it started. Obviously, it was not a cloud streaming issue at that point. So. That's where I'm at with it. But those were my Jedi trainings for the week, guys. But let's now get into the first showcase of the night that I want to discuss. And that is the Disney Marvel Game Showcase. The first ever Disney Marvel Game Showcase. And you can see why they're doing it, right? You know why they're seeing the landscape. They can understand that video games are taking off. 
and they have been taking off for the better half of the last decade. Really, I mean, I would I would go on a limb and say two decades, but I'd say there was a a bigger shift in um, making video games a social norm within the last decade, maybe last like 15, 10, 15 years. So, um, but obviously now when we're getting on the back end of COVID. And, you know, we're all these people have these shiny new boxes in their house. It's time to fill up those boxes with content and software. So Disney knows that they have a lot of games coming down the pipeline. They decided let's have our own showcase to discuss them all. And we will get into kind of my feelings on the entire showcase as a whole, because I honestly it it does leave it does leave some things to uh, to the imagination some things that we wish we could have seen that were not here. I'm sure there are reasons as to why, like, uh, the Wolverine and Spider-Man stuff, PlayStation's got that on lock. You can't, you know, they're, they're going to be the ones to show that off first. I get it. But there are some other things that I feel could have been and should have been um, shown here that really weren't. And I, you know, a little, a little kind of, you know, I was like, huh, that's weird. I could have sworn that they would have done something. But we'll get into that in a little bit here. But we start off here. Uh, they started off. We have Tron Identity. It's a teaser trailer for Tron. And it's a new Tron game. Now, if this is going to be anything like the Tron game that was on the 360, but current gen, oh boy. Yeah, I cannot wait to see what they do with this. They could have it be, you know, an action platformer game. A very much, that's that's what it was, or that's kind of what it felt like back on the 360. It was more leaning on the action side. I would like to see more of it being on the platformer side, but... To really take the story and do something with it. Because they didn't really do much with the story in the 360 uh, game that I played from what I can remember. It wasn't, any, it, it wasn't anything to write home about. But to see, you know, this teaser, it just how it looked, it makes you think that they are putting a little bit more thought in how they're portraying this world this time around in the video game space. So... Cool to see that's going to be landing sometime in 2023. Hopefully, obviously, uh, we don't know if it will, but they're shooting for 2023. Next game up, we got Illusion Island. This looks like a, uh, this is a Mickey Mouse and Friends platformer. This is only coming to the Switch. This looks cool. You know, it looks uh, kind of a mixture of, um, like, uh, or not a mixture, but it really just looks kind of like Rayman. But no. Yeah, Rayman, but with a um, real cartoony um, art style to it. You know, like uh, real deep, dark uh, borders around the characters and stuff like that. But it does look interesting, and to see that it's a Switch exclusive does intrigue me. (coughs) (coughs) So, next up we've got Marvel's Midnight Suns. Now, this one, we actually finally got some gameplay here. Now, me personally... I am not a huge, um, you know, tactical shooter fan or tactical um, strategic fan like this. So this game really doesn't look like it's for me. If I had to get, if I, you know, if I had to say anything, I do look forward to the prequel shorts that they are going to have for each of the characters. When they did show all of the characters, I feel like some of them were new, like that they hadn't announced before. So that's kind of cool to see that they... um, had have a bigger roster than uh initially what we thought and um to actually get some gameplay for this one also very nice you know we uh, we have not seen any gameplay it's only been cinematic so to see how the game is actually going to run for whoever this is for that's good for them so you could actually see what you're going to get you know when it come December 2nd because we did get that um that 
launch date. So we did touch briefly on Strike Force. There's going to be an update that's coming for that, but that's a mobile game that is already out on the market. Um, but they did talk about another mobile game that's coming from Marvel. It's called Marvel Snap. So this is going to be a card mobile game. It's going to be landing on mobile devices on October 18th. Now this one, I'm not, again, huge card game person, but again, in the same thing like with Marvel's Midnight Suns, if there was any game that would, that would get me into that type of genre, it would be a, you know, a game with a Marvel skin or a Star Wars skin on it. And, you know, what they're doing with Marvel Midnight Suns, it does look interesting, but I know myself, I know I'm not going to like that game, so I don't, I don't think that I'm going to pick that one up, but this card game, this one is a potential one, only because there's not a lot, you know, that you have to do to get in. I'm sure it's going to be a free-to-play game, hopefully. And if it is, then yeah, I might jump in. I don't think I'll pay any money for this one because, again, I'm not a huge card fan, you know, in general. But if it is free-to-play, I, I might pick it up and try it out. Like, I haven't seen a card game, you know, react and do the things that this one is doing, like the different power-ups that they have for the different superheroes. So maybe, maybe. Um, they did briefly touch on these next two. They touched on Aliens Dark Descent and then also Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. So they didn't touch on them, you know, very much at all. We only had about 20 minutes here, so they were really trying to stay on the things that they had um, more to say about and kind of brushed past some that they really didn't have a lot to talk about. So begs the question as to why did we put it in there anyway? Because Aliens Dark Descent, it feels like they just, it was a blink and you miss it kind of thing. And also the same thing with Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. But obviously we know both of those are in the works and they still are coming down the pipeline, but definitely don't expect those this year. Um, we did see some new characters coming to Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. So this was fun to see. We're going to be seeing Rex, Reva, and Andor all coming to um, the Skywalker Saga. So uh, I don't know if they're if I don't know if they're going to be having any more characters other than those three, um, or if that was just the three that they decided to you know put on a pedestal during um, the spotlight right here, the little quick spotlight that they did. But very excited to play as Rex and Reva for sure, Reva especially. Um, but then we come to Monkey Island, and they actually had the voice of the main character for Monkey Island come on and just kind of give a brief overview of um, what the game has to offer, what the new game has, and then discussed um, there's going to be a recap version of or inside of the game where you can basically get the story up to that point for Monkey Island. This is coming to Switch and PC on September 19th. Now, again, not my cup of tea. I won't be picking this one up, but I know that Monkey Island does have um, a huge fan base. I know we, we obviously talked about it on the show um, a few weeks ago when we were talking about the art style and fans not really liking the art style of it, but I, I personally, you know, even though the game's not for me, I really do like the art style. I think it's the best art style that this game in particular has had in the series up to this point, so I don't know why people are very you know, gung-ho and mad about this. Again, though, that's me looking at it from the outside in, so maybe that's why I'm not so attached to the art style as, you know, the fans of it are, but still should never go out here and start talking mess to the developers because you don't like the art style. This is their game that they're making. Let them make their game, and then you play their game. That's how this works. So, um, we have the next game up, Gargoyles Remastered. So this is going to be um, a game that I'm assuming was on uh, the S the uh, NES or SNES back in the day. Uh, but this is a, an 8-bit game that they're remastering. They're going to be bringing this back. Um, next up, we have Mirrorverse. So don't really know much about Mirrorverse, except that it's a mobile game that is going to be coming soon. 
The following game we have here, though, this one brings a lot to the table. And this is Speedstorm. So, again, Cinematic was looked really good. It looked really, really good. It actually got me pretty hyped to uh, to see the game. I, I honestly thought that that was all we were going to get. But then we actually got some gameplay in the back end of it as well. And to see this actually, you know, run and move when you're in the actual game itself, very good. Very cool to see because this looks like an actual competent kart racer that could potentially go toe-to-toe with Mario Kart. I'm not saying that it will, but I'm saying it has potential. That's what I'm saying. Just like Multiverses has potential to go up against Smash Bros., this might have the potential to go up against that Mario Kart because you tell me that you get to race as your favorite Disney characters and they all have their own specific moves that are unique to them. Yeah, and they, they look like they know what they're doing here. So I'm I'm excited to see where they decide to take this and how long they uh, they stay with this. Now, I will say, I don't know if this is only coming to console. I feel like I might have seen this coming to um, uh, uh, mobile. But I could be mistaken on that. I didn't see it here. I feel like I, I saw that um, previously that they that this Speedstorm game was coming to mobile. But I could be mistaken. Um, next game up. Game that is already out right now in early access. And it that is Disney Dreamlight Valley. Now, I do have this one downloaded on the Xbox. And I wanted to try this one out because this is on Game Pass. But I have not gotten around to it as of yet. Now, again... Not really my cup of tea. The um, the town building sim, I don't really, that's not really it for me. But when you're putting it in a Disney landscape, maybe, maybe. So I'm going to have to see. And again, this trailer 100% is why I do want to see the Toy Story adventure that's coming. So that's going to be coming later this fall. And it will allow you to do different, um, well, first of all, you're going to be shrinking down to the size of the toys so that you can actually have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them. And you should be able to do challenges so then that way you can get Buzz and Woody back to um, your village. So then that way, or your your um, town, so you can have them run around and like, uh, you know, shoot the shit basically. Now, this next game that they talked about and that they touched on, it's another Avatar game, but this one they actually stayed on for a little bit. And this is called Avatar Reckoning. And this is a mobile game. And I was not expecting to see an Avatar mobile game, you know, coming out of this showcase. And not even, you know, under the IP in and of itself. But they are trying to capitalize on, you know, where they think they can go with this. And again, we've got the movies that are um, going to be coming out ne uh, next year. Or, yeah, I think, or maybe, shoot, no, I think it's later this year. So, um, they're going to want to capitalize, and they're going to want to, you know, they're going to want a game to go alongside those movies so that they can reap in the benefits. But, this is going to be an MMORPG uh, shooter. So, you're going to be able to create your own avatar in the game, and then go and take on solo missions, as well as PvE missions and PvP missions. So, this looks like it's going to be an, a really fun time for mobile and it does not look bad this did not look like graphics on this we saw it running in engine did not look bad at all so i'm very excited to see how this actually comes out on release um but this one here and i would say this is probably the kicker like the best thing that came out of this entire showcase 
and we're getting to the end. So you like this is the best thing, and this is, this isn't even there one more thing, but this is the best. So we have no name for this, but we start off and we're in Paris, and it's late at night, and we're just you know we're seeing different images. The camera's slowly panning. I can't make heads or tails of what's going on. We finally get inside this building and we're on this desk and we're seeing all these papers that are just strewn everywhere. And then we finally see the Hydra symbol. And I'm like, oh, snap. Okay, so this is Marvel. Okay, cool. Then right after that, we see Cap Shield. And then as it's panning up, you start to see claw marks. Not one, not three, but five. And then right after that, it cuts to black. And then we see Black Panther standing. I'm sorry, he's walking ominously towards Captain America before flashing the words Captain, Soldier, Spy. Done. That's all it says. And, and, and then at the end, it's, I think it says uh, two worlds, two, two people, two worlds, one war or something like that. And but we don't get a name for this game. But all I'm all I've got on my notes, I've got Cap and Panther game. That's all I got because both of them are obviously going to be fighting each other in some way, shape, or form. This looked immaculate. Now I don't know if that was I, it looked like it was just a CGI trailer, but that concept, whatever they're doing, I'm here for it. I want to hear more. I really do. So there one more thing that we have here is World of Heroes. Uh, all this is, it was a very quick, like, 30 sec not even 30 second, I'd say maybe even a 20, 20 to 30 second trailer. And all it was was these people that it looked like an AR game. It looked like an AR game where you can take on the abilities of your favorite superheroes, your favorite Marvel heroes, and you can go and fight people in the actual um, real world using, you know, your camera or whatever. That's what it looked like, but it wasn't, it wasn't explicitly sa uh, said what this game is. So... That's all we got with that. But that is where we end the showcase right there, guys. And, you know, it, it, it's it's good. It's decent. But, again, there could definitely have been... They, they could have done a little bit better. Um, I did not care for the fact that they showed off a lot of games at the beginning and at the end of the showcase that were just not mentioned or even remotely hinted at at all in the showcase. Um, one of them being Star Wars Hunters. That is a um, free-to-play um, multiplayer game that is coming to... It's supposed to be like um, kind of like Overwatch, but with a Star Wars skin. And that's supposed to be coming to the Switch and mobile consoles. Well, obviously mobile is not a console, but it's supposed to be coming to Switch and mobile. And literally, I have been waiting for this game, for news of this game, since I found out that it was in development. And... I've been keeping up. I've been keeping up with the um, with their website online, and when I saw that flash, you know, come on screen, I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes, Star Wars Hunters! We should be hearing something about Star Wars Hunters for sure, because they've basically been silent about it all year. They haven't said anything. So, what better way to just at least give us an update than the Disney Marvel Game Showcase? And we got nothing." I had to go search myself. I go on their website and it got delayed to 2023, which is fine. But why could we not have had that message here? But again, did you? I didn't hear any delays in this in this showcase. They weren't doing that here. That wasn't what they were about to do. And again, this is their first game showcase. They want to make sure that everything they're showing is, you know, they know 
they're not going to get expectations out of whack. I think the only thing that would get it out of whack is this Captain America game right here. What is this game? Like, who is working on this? I don't even remember. I'm going to have to do some research and, uh, and find out because I don't remember if they came up on the screen or not. I really don't think it did because of how fast everything was, but that is it. That's all we've got for uh, the Disney Marvel Game Showcase. Again, it did leave more. It did leave me wanting a lot more. It left me wanting a lot more. I was not... I was not really happy with this showcase, if I'm being honest. And I, I never really thought that I was going to get to that point. But it's just it. And again, I guess it's you can you can temper expectations. That's fine. But to show off games that that you have in the pipeline to then not pay them any mind or mention at all. And then some other games that we did here, we didn't even, again, we touched on them for maybe 30 seconds, like the one more thing. I don't even know what that game is. Like, you guys didn't give me anything about what that game was. And the same thing with uh, the uh, Aliens Dark Descent, we kind of touched on that very briefly. Avatar Frontiers, very briefly. It's like, I just wish that we had more time with these games that we could actually get a, you know, a clear message as to what these games are going to be. But I digress. Let us move over to the next showcase of the night that we're going to discuss here. And that is Ubisoft Forward and the Assassin's Creed 2022 showcase. Because realistically, both of these were together, sandwiched under uh, under the same thing, under the same um, stream. However, they did. there was a divide from the Ubisoft Forward stuff to the Assassin's Creed stuff that they had to discuss. So that's why I wanted to make the divide as well, because it did seem like there was a tangible difference from the two different sides. So um, let us start here, and we have Mario plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope. Now, obviously, this is the sequel to the acclaimed Mario plus Rabbids uh, spinoff that they did a while back. I think it was about a couple years ago. And this one looks to be much of the same. I do like the open level aspect of it, like when you're roaming around and it, when, before you get to the actual battles. I don't know if that's how the first game is because I've never played the first game, um, but I did like that. That's pretty cool. Again, not huge into tower defense games for me personally, but if I was going to jump in anywhere, I would probably do it here. This seems like the most... Um, intuitive uh you know system that i've seen in tower defense games and it does look like it actually they've tried they've done a lot of work to try to make it you know as enjoyable as possible and as uh, welcoming as possible to uh newcomers of this game so uh cool to see i know a lot of people have been waiting on this this is a switch exclusive but it is landing later this year um we got more uh news on skull and Bo uh, skull and bones that is launching november 8th this year uh again this this just looks like a more lifelike version of Sea of Thieves. And that's not a bad thing, because Sea of Thieves obviously has their own art style, but this wants to go in the more realistic version of that. But you're doing pretty much the same stuff. You, you can customize your ship, your weapons, your ammo, your looting things. You're having to deal with, multi, uh, with uh, multiplayer and people on uh, different ships, on their own ships, trying to take stuff from you, all that good stuff. It's not... A conducive, you know, experience if you just want to, um, you know, enjoy your time in the game when you're having to go up against uh, another player who wants to loot your entire ship. So those are things that you're going to have to look out for in Skull of Bo Skull and Bones. Um, but very interesting to find out this is only coming to current gen consoles, so only Xbox Series X and S and the PS5. It is not coming to PS4 or Xbox One. So. 
Next game up, we've got an update for Riders Republic. This is season four of Riders Republic. So it is adding more to the game. Most notably, it's going to add some skate parks and some ramps so that you can do uh, different tricks and everything with BMX bikes and um, your different uh, vehicles that you can use in the game. Um, now, I'm pretty sure they said that you can play Riders Republic for free, but I also do think that that was with their um, Ubisoft, the Ubisoft Plus uh, subscription that they're uh, letting everybody use for a month for free um, just to kind of see what all is available on there. And I honestly think I want to sign up for that because I do think that they have a lot to offer and I want to see um, what they have, what they're going to be doing. Now, I also can't wait to see how far their partnership goes with PlayStation, because as we know, PlayStation has done uh, some legwork in getting Ubisoft in with um, the new PS Plus, and I cannot wait to see if, you know, potentially we rope in Ubisoft Plus as a um, incentive to go premium, maybe, you know, as a further incentive, maybe for year two, that's where we get with Ubisoft Plus and that PlayStation um, collaboration that we see them doing. Um, but, we do have developers next coming out for The Division 2, and they did tell us that, listen, everything is going fine and great with The Division, uh, so much so that we have actually started laying the groundwork down for year five, and we are trying to get a roadmap situated, so then that way we can present that to everybody and that we can have a clear direction for where we want the game to go next. But Division is very much alive and well, but then they handed it off to a smaller group within the Division uh, developers, and they're making a new Division game called Division Heartlands. This is being marketed as a free-to-play survival action shooter. So basically, it is you're taking control of another um, agent in the Division universe, but your main goal is just to protect this one small town. That is the only thing that you're doing. So instead of a whole massive sprawling city like New York City or like um, Washington, D.C., you are only trying to take care of a town. So that's where the survival aspects come into it because obviously it's a small town. So you're having to go and you're trying to muster up, you know, different resources so that you can continue to fight the good fight. But from what we saw in the gameplay, it looks like it plays just like The Division. So give me a survival game that plays like The Division. Yeah, this I'm definitely going to be here for. And it's free to play. 100% pulling up for this one. But that is not the only Division news that we have. We've got a mobile game coming in the form of, Divi uh, of the Division Resurgence. Now, we've got a closed beta for this coming this fall. And what this basically does is it allows you access to jump into the Dark Zone at any time, whenever you want to, straight from your mobile phone. And I think that is awesome. Now, again, that means that it is going to be heavily multiplayer. So hopefully we have good connections for that. But they seem very confident that in bringing the Dark Zone and the experience of the Dark Zone to mobile devices. So I'm very excited to see that. But even more exciting for me was the next one that they showed, which was Rainbow Six Mobile. Now, I heard whispers that they were going to be doing a mobile version of the Rainbow Six game. But to actually see it running... The way that it is, I was blown away because this game now, again, it doesn't look like it's current gen. It doesn't look like it's a uh, running on a PS5 or an Xbox Series X, but it does look like it's a, you know, a PS4 game at the beginning of the generation. I would say it doesn't look bad. It does not look bad. 
for a mobile game. And I'm just baffled by, again, we had mobile games shown in the Disney Marvel game showcase now here. And then we're going to get into a mobile Assassin's Creed game here in a little bit. And I'm just, I'm telling you, seeing all of these mobile games, I, we're, we're seeing a shift in what developers can do on phones and what they're willing to do on phones. And they're seeing that, that, you know what, we can reach a lot bigger, a lot wider of an audience if we try to make a good game for mobile. So here we go, man. I'm, I'm really hoping to see what they can pull off with these, with all of these mobile games, realistically. I'm not even just thinking of just these two. I want to see what all of these that they have coming down the pipeline, what they can do, how they can really make it feel like the console experience is coming to a mobile platform. You know who did a really good job of that too? Call of Duty Mobile. Call of Duty Mobile is so slick and so smooth. I, I, I When I first started playing that, I really, really sunk some hours into it for about a week. Um, but again, not the biggest into... Uh, First-person shooters, as in, like, where I'm going to stay, stick with them for long periods of time, I usually get in, I'm in there for two, three weeks, and then I'm out. This being mobile, the fact that it got me for a week is still saying something. But then we kind of touch on um, a partnership deal that we have with Ubisoft and Netflix. And this came out of nowhere. But we have the, um, I assume he is the CEO of Netflix, but definitely somebody higher up in Netflix coming out. And he comes and talks to us about the three games that are coming exclusively to Netflix. So if you are unaware, Netflix does have games that you can play on the mobile version of their app, of their streaming service app. So the first game that will be coming and that will be showing up is called Valiant Heart 2. That is coming in 2023 or January 2023 to be exact. Mighty Quest 2, that is uh, coming in 2023 as well, as well as an Assassin's Creed mobile game and a live action show to go alongside it. Cannot wait. Cannot wait for this. So, come on Netflix. Let's see let let's see you put your money where your mouth is. Can you do it? Can you do it? Next up we have uh, as we're sticking on to, you know, um streaming shows and whatnot, we get to Mythic Quest season 3 trailer and we kind of see where um the story is taking us there. Now, I've seen season 1 of Mythic Quest and absolutely loved this show. I haven't spent a lot of time on Apple TV though, so I actually have not seen season two. I need to get back and watch that before season three. I think I might do a rewatch of season one and then watch season two so I can get ready for season three. But I 100% did not know that it was produced by Ubisoft. I did see the Ubisoft, um, like, uh, you know, I did see their monikers and everything all across, you know, the show and whatnot. But I didn't put two and two together that they actually were producing the show. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Next up, we have Trackmania. This will be launching in 2023 and apparently will be free to play. But, you know, this cinematic that they showed, really, really liked it. I really liked it. I thought that this was going to be something other than what it was. And, uh... Yeah, very misleading, I will say that, um, because I was thinking that they were taking Trackmania in a whole other direction, and that they were going to make it more of like a standard, um, you know, racer, but no, they're sticking to form, and it is literally going to be just a new Trackmania, top-down racing, have fun. Um, and then last but not least of this portion of the Ubisoft Forward Showcase, uh, we have Just Dance, which will be coming this holiday, so they've actually gone back and uh, to the drawing board with the art direction so and the user interface so 
they really are trying to make this feel different than other Just Dance games. And it honestly did look a little different than um, what we've, you know, grown accustomed to. Um, they do have an ability where you can follow, like, the certain characters through um, a journey. They're going to be going to different venues and different, I, I think they said planets, uh, to do, to dance and whatnot. So that's going to be pretty cool that you could actually feel like you're, you know, you have a tangible story that you're following, but I also do like the interface. Like I said, how they changed it up. They make it look like it's a hub for dancing. And I really like that. I did, I, I did, um, gravitate towards how the UI looks. Um, but the coolest thing is that you can create a six person multiplayer lobby where all of you guys can be dancing to the same thing all at once. So pretty cool there to see, but that is not all. Let us move over to the back half of this showcase here, where we have the Assassin's Creed 2022 showcase. Now, this one right here is, this is where I was really pulling up for. All that other stuff, yeah, cool. I love hearing about games and hearing and seeing new games that are coming out. But when they said that we're going to hear more about what's coming to Assassin's Creed in uh, September... That's why I pulled up to this uh, to this showcase for my Assassin's Creed news. Thank you very much. Because, again, I feel like we have really gone away from what Assassin's Creed is with these newer games. I liked Origins. I kind of liked Odyssey. Don't really care for Valhalla. And I, I can just see, I don't really like the direction that they went with the RPG aspect of it. That's not saying that I don't want them to continue the RPG aspect. I just feel like they did a little bit too much when they were doing it. I still want a streamlined story, right? I still want to be in the shoes of an assassin. I don't want to be the assassin. I want to be in the shoes of an assassin. And I want you to tell me their story and move me with that story. That's where I'm at. And that's what, I, what gravitated me towards this series. So to see them start off. With this game here, Assassin's Creed Mirage. This game is set in Baghdad. And from the looks of it, at least from the cinematics that or from the cinematic trailer, we are going back to the roots. And we're going to be doing the same similar things that we did in Assassin's Creed 1 and Assassin's Creed 2, which is laying the groundwork. We're going to be uh, following our target, watching them trying to figure out a plan of action, how we're going to take them out, stuff like that. Like, we are going to go back to the heavy stealth aspect of the Assassin's Creed games. And they really seem to be bringing it all the way back. Now, the main character is Bessim, and he is actually from Valhalla. Now, again, as you guys know, like I just said, I have not played through Valhalla, so I don't even know about uh, Bessim. So, the fact that I can go into this, again, with fresh eyes, I don't know anything about this character, I am now going to experience his story for the first time when I sit down to watch this, um, or watch, when I sit down to play this game is going to be the first time that I hear his story or see anything of it. But this takes place 20 years prior to when we see him in Valhalla. So this is basically his origin story. And again, I love seeing the origin stories of these different assassins. So give me more of that. This is right up my alley. I cannot wait for this to, to drop. Um, but 
we will literally see him transform from a street thief into an assassin. And this is the age where they're still cutting off their ring finger so they can let that blade come through. So very much close to, um, you know, the times of Bayek and um, Altair. Now, I am not 100% sure if they cut their finger off or if a finger gets cut off in Valhalla. And I don't remember if it does in um, Odyssey either, but they did do it in Origins. And obviously, since Odyssey and Valhalla are after Origins, I would assume that they may, but it depends on where Altair's story fits into that. Because obviously, uh, later on down the road, they do tend to not cut the finger off. They're like, no, it's fine. We can, we, we, we've found a workaround with that. Um, but... Speaking of AC Valhalla, we get word of what their last DLC is going to be for Valhalla, their last expansion, and they call it the last chapter. And it's very fitting because it literally is the last post-launch uh, chapter, tying up all of the loose ends that were left from the main story. So this is just going to be a nice little, look, we're going to put a bow on everything. You're going to just go and have fun with the characters that you uh, that you befriended across your journey. The next thing that we have, so we've got a bunch of codename games here. Assassin's Creed, codename Jade, codename Red, and codename Hexy. So codename Jade is, a, is going to be another AC open world game. I'm sorry, another AC mobile game. It will be open world, and it's going to be the first open world uh, Assassin's Creed mobile game to ever come to phones. Cannot wait for this. This has nothing to do with the mobile game that is coming to the Netflix app. That's a whole separate mobile game that they're going to be doing because it's going to tie in with whatever show that they're trying to, that they're going to be making. But this is specifically just a mobile game that's coming straight to phones. It's set in, um, in China and you are going to be able to create your own assassin. Now I know I just said that I didn't want to be my own assassin. I didn't want to create it. But you know what? I understand for a mobile, for us to not be, for them to not have to waste time on trying to make a good story for this, they're going to let you make the story. But I like it to where, oh, you get to just literally create your own assassin instead of like Valhalla and Odyssey where you're not making your assassin, you're making this assassin look more the way that you want them to look and then make the decisions you want them to make. That's not, I don't, I don't need that. But this, okay, I'm fine with, again though, I feel like they made that decision or this decision because they want to really take the story out of it so they can maybe focus on, you know, the game itself so that they can try to provide a very similar, you know, um, experience to what you would get on console. Obviously, it's not going to be, you know, night. It, it, it's not going to be, um, you know, verbatim the exact same. But as long as it runs and the assassins move the way that you want them to, that's all I can really ask for for an assassin's mobile game that is open world. You know what I'm saying? But next up, we've got Assassin's Creed Codename Red. So. This is the first title that they announced that is going to be their premium flagship. It's going to be a part of their premium flagship. So this is going to be, or helm, the future of their open world RPG style. So once this game hits, this is going to kind of put us into a new trajectory of how they want to start releasing these. Because I guess they're done with the saga. They've got Origins, Odi or, yeah, Origins Odyssey, and Valhalla. They got those done. So now... It's time for another saga. And what better way to start this next uh, flagship 
for their RPG titles than to set it in Japan, where everybody has been asking them to do it, and they're doing it now. And again, we got very quick, very, it, it was not fast, I mean, it was not long at all, but all we got was a snippet. We saw building, and then the um, the Assassin's Creed symbol shown in red, and that was it. That was the end of it. And then we got codename Assassin's Creed, codename Red. But I assume we will hear more about that next year, along with Assassin's Creed, codename Hexy. Now, again, this looks like we're going to be doing uh, some witch trial stuff in this one, just from how um, we're in the woods and then how the Assassin's symbol was. It was um, kind of made up all out of twigs and everything. It is very reminiscent of, like, Blair Witch. You know what I mean? So... That's kind of where I see that taking direction. Again, not a lot to go off of. I love how they said in the at, right after the thing ends, they go, oh, you know, hopefully um, our fans will, uh, or they're, they're like, we know our fans will go and um, dissect this trailer and see all of the little Easter eggs. I'm like, all the little, the little Easter eggs? What Easter eggs? We were in the woods and there were birds chirping, and then the logo popped up, and then that was it. It took 20 seconds. Where, what Easter egg? I didn't, there is no Easter egg, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't have the keen eye, and there is something, but the last thing that they touch on, and it kind of culminates everything together, they talk about Project Infinity. So, Infinity is basically going to be a hub to connect the games and players together. So, it's going to be like the two games that we just talked about, Codename Hexy and Codename Red. Both of those will live inside of Project Infinity. Now, I don't know if Project Infinity is going to be like a launcher where you will have like that's that's the launcher. And then you play all of these different games that they continue to add to, you know, to this project. Or um, if this is just an easier way for you to, you know, see people who are playing these similar games or the same games as you. I don't exactly know how they're going to use Infinity to connect players, but they did kind of, again, show us how the games are going to be connected. And I do think it might be similar to just a launcher, but a launcher specifically for Assassin's Creed. Why would they do that, you ask? I don't know. You know, like, that's a very weird concept to think that a series is going to have its own launcher to put more games into it. But I'm here for it, and I'm excited to see kind of where the direction is and, you know, to see a better roadmap than this because, again, didn't see very much of anything for Codename, Codename Red and next to nothing for Codename Hexy. So I can't really, you know, say I know how they're working this out because I really don't. But I am excited to see exactly how they do and what the future holds for Assassin's Creed because... The sky's the limit. You know, we've seen them go through um, these this transition into the RPG aspect of things. And it's just one of those things that, you know, they're going to have to under they're going to have to find their audience. And again, with this Mirage, this is going to be a testing ground for them to see where the audience is and what the audience wants. Do they want a game that is similar to what, you know, the old style? Is this where we're where they're at? Or do we continue going down this RPG path? But all in all, if I had to rate um, this one again, not even rated, but if I had to say, like, I, I did like this Assassin's Creed, uh, showcase that they had. I did like the Ubisoft, uh, one as well that they had before this that kind of, uh, tied it all together. Um, uh, you know, I, I did like it more, 
than the Disney Marvel game showcase. I did watch them back to back. So I did like this one more because again, I just feel like some of the things we were not super clear on for the uh, on the Disney Marvel front, but also over here, like with all these code name games, none of this stuff feels like it was really ready to be talked about. And it just felt like they needed to fill the time. So that's why they did. And that's why they, it was a blink and you miss it part. And I really don't, I don't care for reveals like that. If you don't really have anything to reveal for the game, then just don't. You know what I mean? Just kind of hold it back. Hold, hold. You can hold some cards to your chest. You know, you don't have to lay all the cards on the table all at once. And I feel like if they maybe just cut out the codename Red and codename Hex and maybe just discussed uh, what Project Infinity could be, and that's kind of where they want to take their new, the, you know, the RPG aspect of things maybe that could have gone that would have blown over better for me because seeing codename red and codename hexy back to back left me wanting a lot more because i didn't get anything at all you know so and that's where uh some games left me on the disney marvel game showcase as well so but all in all i'm still very excited like with mirage oh i cannot wait i cannot wait to to actually see gameplay of this and you know hear people's reaction to it and how they're feeling and how the game feels for them and if it does, you know, go back to formula, but also maybe, you know, vamps up the formula, revamps the, the, the old ways of Assassin's Creed. You know what I mean? Again, not like the RPG. We're going back to the original setting and how those games used to play, but this is a new version of that. That's where I'm looking for, for out of uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage. But guys, that is all the showcases that we got this weekend. We had a lot of showcases, a lot, a lot, a lot of showcases. As you guys uh, already know, we had opening night live at the end of August. Did not get a chance to discuss that with you because unfortunately, as y'all know, I got sick and I could not get to the table to record. But you know I had to pull up for Disney Marvel Game Showcase, their first one, obviously. And as you already know, Assassin's Creed, yeah, I need, I need to get my news on that as well. But, guys, I do think this is where we are going to end for the night. Thank you again for joining me on episode 27 of the JMR Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at JediMasterRen. Remember, the R in Ren is the same R for Master. And don't forget, you can follow the show there as well for all future updates. Be sure to use that code at Zox.LA. But as always, guys, may the Force be with you.